remember me? It's Andrew, one of the hosts of the Raised by Whoops Fake Radio Show, and I've got a show for you today. Two guests, two guys, two microphones, two sides of the country. Got Eric Cohen and Matthew Hirschhorn. They are the writer, director, producers of an upcoming film called Wine Club, which is just hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. They sent me a uh, an early screener of it, and my wife Tiffany and I laughed our asses off. Really enjoyed it. Um, Stevie Little is in it from Eastbound and Down. Uh, really great cast. Uh, this lady, Taylor Ortega, was hilarious as the leading lady. I can't recommend it enough. They are, these two guys, they're young guys, smart, very good writers, super funny, and uh, kind of quirky style. And uh, they're doing this thing on their own. They don't have like a huge backer or a big studio behind them, but a very much made like a studio quality comedy. I mean, it's it's original. It's a story that they pulled out of their ass and uh, and did it well. Just just nailed it on their first time out of the gate. I uh, I can't recommend enough going to to check out their website and their Instagram, all that sort of stuff, and their Kickstarter because they need a little help getting over the hump to uh, to promote this thing and distribute it. Um, it's going to be available on December fifteenth. Google Play. Apple and Amazon, you can rent it. But if you chip in now to their Kickstarter, you get a you get a free showing. They'll send you like a little link, and you can go watch it on Vimeo. So that that could be your little uh, Thanksgiving gift to yourself or to a pal. Anyway, I had a great time talking to these two. It was really inspiring to see um, to see two young guys just just doing it, just figuring it out, hustling, and kind of like a DIY. Like, hey, we know how to do this. We've worked in this field. Let's just do it for ourselves. So they're going to tell you all about it, Eric and Matthew. Uh, Eric was in L.A. Matthew is in uh, in New York, out on Long Island. And I, uh, yeah, Eric Eric joined us a little later. He kind of dips in and out in the very beginning, but he comes back, I promise. What else do I have to tell you? Uh, I've got some projects coming up. Our, our most recent previous guest woman by the name of Maria Hornbacher has a really cool project coming up called One Last Bitch. She's starting a Substack and is working on a podcast and all kinds of other stuff. So uh, keep an eye out for that. I'll have more links up on our website for that. I'll have links up for the Wine Club movie, guys. You can go to moronbook.com, pick up my book. It's now available on audiobook. The Moron at the end of this book. I read a whole goddamn book nine hours and 20 minutes of me talking, and I still have a hard time saying the title of my book. What is it? The Moron at the end of this book. Whoo! Happy Thanksgiving. Are you ready? Are you hungry? I kind of am. I made a uh, pecan pie today. Made two of them. One with a gluten-free crust and uh, one without a gluten-free crust. And you knew which one was which because when it came out of the oven, one of them looked like shit. Guess which one that one was? The gluten-free one. I don't think I've got anything else to say other than uh, I really enjoyed this episode and I think you will too. Eric Cohen, Matthew Hirshhorn, a couple of hip young guys talking about the movie business. Yeah, tell your friends, Wine Club Movie. Go get it. Go help these guys out. Help a couple artists. You'll feel good about yourself. They'll feel good about you feeling good about yourself and helping them. 
and more people will see this hilarious film. All right, until next time, enjoy this episode. Adios. Hey, man. How are you? Doing all right. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for uh, for having us. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Although Eric is not here yet, so. I mean, what a star. <laughs> Showing uh, up late. Yep. Right well, he's, he's got two minutes. But uh, yeah, th- thank you so much for your... Uh, Eric told me that you uh, donated to the Kickstarter, and we, we really appreciate it. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm a believer. I'm... Uh, we had Thank such you. a good time watching it. Um, it was hilarious. And, oh, awesome. Uh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well and done. Th- Thank you. And thank you for uh, being patient with us as we try to figure out what the hell we're doing. <laughs> man, this whole media is in such a weird space, man. Uh, it's it's yeah. kind of, it's amazing that anything ever gets done when you oh, think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a miracle that anything gets made. And now we're trying to like get our second one made and we're just, like we got signed off the first movie and uh nice we're just like we just we still want to do it ourselves <laughs> like yeah. we don't want to deal with anybody yeah well i mean i, I don't want to jump in too much without without yeah. eric here but i mean I, I can only imagine just that temptation between representation and distribution and creative freedom yeah like the tension between those two things definitely yeah, something I mean, yeah, like our, our our main wine club investor. I don't, like I don't even know if he knows what the movie's called at this point. <laughs> so <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> That's great. Ideal. It's yeah. like having a roommate who's never home. Yes, exactly. Nice. So uh, Hirschhorn, right? Yes. That's how yep. my last name is Couch, which you would not. I mean, maybe you would believe how often it's mispronounced. What is the coach? Oh. Coach, cooch, crouch, crotch, every possible <laughs> fucking way to you know mess up a thing that people spend plenty of time sitting on, but they don't know how to spell or pronounce. Yeah. Eric Cohen. Hello. Eric. Hello. Hey, man. Nice to meet you. Yeah, likewise, man. Thanks for agreeing to do this. Of course. Now you're course. you're in LA? I'm in LA. And yes. Matthew, you're in I'm New in New York. York. Okay. Yep. Wow. Modern fucking technology. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm just north of you in uh, in San Francisco. Oh, guys, can you hold on for one second? Yeah, I yeah. need to take a quick. Sure. <laughs> Eric still has a full time job, so yeah, uh, I, I yeah, I mean, I have several part time jobs. I can I yeah. can empathize. I got nothing. So <laughs> nothing. Nice. <laughs> Fully, this is a wine club is my full time job. Well, good so. on you. Well, we'll get we'll we'll carry on, man, with just me and you for a minute. And when he can jump in, I I totally get it. I just don't want to take up too much of either of your your time. Well, I mean, you obviously. Uh, well, yeah, I've, I've told you, I've, <laughs> I have nothing but time. <laughs> are you in the city? Where Where in New York are you? I'm on Long Island. I'm about to say that look does not look like a New York City door behind you. That's like no, a, it's not. It's a, a Long, Island. Long Island door. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> where on Long Island? Uh, it's a town called Melville. Um, oh like 10 minutes for from where i grew up i was living out in la um i'm sure when eric gets back we'll we'll get into how we met but yeah. uh we were working for the same production company in la and living together and then i left the company in 2018 and then eric left shortly at, thereafter i stayed in la basically up until the 
I think there's the day Tom Hanks got coronavirus and I was like, we got to get out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they can't protect Tom. Oh, yeah. If it's getting yeah. forest, there's, I'm fucked. Yeah. Yep. Have you so, had it? Uh, Did you get it? Have I got it, it once like a, a year ago. Man, I don't know how. Some Somehow I don't have it. I've never gotten it. Oh, wow. I, I mean, I, there's a possibility I may have had some sort of version of it really, really early. I was yeah. in uh, I was in Nicaragua and I was hearing about it on the news. I like in I, like I'd read about something happening in China and I, yeah. I, I lost my sense of taste and this terrible headache. Wow. Man, I, I mean, that sounds like it. Yeah. yeah. It's like, but man, it's too early. No one. And then, you know, we get back to the States and it's just all hell is broken loose. Yeah. I remember well, sitting with Eric on New Year's being like, this is our year. <laughs> and then and then COVID. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. turns out it's nobody's year. Eric <laughs> Eric just texted me. He said he's having a bit of an emergency. Um, oh, he said to give him a few minutes. Um, <laughs> but are we already recording? We are. Oh, yeah, okay. Have you said anything that you'd wish that you hadn't already? No, just okay. in case we have to pretend like Eric never showed up for a minute. <laughs> hey, it's okay, man. I mean, I'm uh, happy to yeah, I'm happy to talk. It's it's all this is so low stakes, man. You know, I no, just, I want to, <laughs> I want to promote what you guys are doing and I want to talk about like, I mean, it's independent art, what you guys yeah. have been up to. And I've, I've got a keen interest in that. Yeah. But yeah, if, if he makes it awesome, if he doesn't make it, you know, I'll have him back another time when you guys do your second, okay, do your second move film. <laughs> um, I just, uh, I have nothing else going on. So you and I are in the same boat at this point for the rest of the rest of the day. So great. I, uh, I actually took notes, man. I never do this. I never take notes. Um, but you guys, there, I don't, there's not a whole lot to know about either of you two yet online. No. <laughs> um, which is uh, fascinating. You've both been producers up to this point in uh, in a media company, right? Working on movie and television or just movies? Um, honestly, it wasn't either. It was a, it was a startup production company. Um, it was through a mutual friend who was going to NYU. Eric at actually attended NYU. I just physically went to NYU with my friend. NYU did not know about this. Um, but I was like <laughs> the guy tagging along at all of these shoots. Just, I was just like, I want to meet filmmakers. Um, yeah. I had no other connections to the film industry. Um, so, you know, and, and this guy was like, I'm going to start a production company and kind of collected a few people that he met at NYU. And then in 2016, we all moved out to LA together. Um, and we had sold one show to, uh, go 90. Do you remember go 90? It was like kind of Quibi before Quibi. Okay. Um, that's why like when Quibi came out, I was like, I don't, I don't think this is going to work. Like <laughs> this sounds a lot like go 90, which okay. nobody watched. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we did a, a scripted show for them, which was like 10 minute uh, shorts uh, that were like kind of fake episodes of 30 for 30, those ESPN sports yeah. documentaries. Yeah. We did a bunch of fake uh, documentaries. Um, nice. We were repped at three hours at the time. So we got a lot of great comedy talent, um, got a lot of real athletes to like play themselves. Um, great. And like that, yeah, so that was our first project for this production company. And we kind of thought we were on the track to like doing a lot of scripted, you know, you know, working our way up towards like movie and television. Um, but then like, you know, we started doing a lot of unscripted stuff, a lot of sports content. Um, and I just, I kind of wanted to do like, I wanted to write, first of all, like I didn't, well, I was the, I was hired to be the head of development and Eric was hired to be the head of production. Um, so us together, living together and working together, that's a lot. We would, yeah, we would come home and like kind of 
come up with our dumb ideas that will yeah. never happen at this company that we were working at. <laughs> we just wanted to do our dumb comedy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I just wanted to be a writer. So at the end of 2018, I left and right before a global pandemic, quit my steady job to, yeah. uh, to go be a screenwriter, <laughs> um, similar to the movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, Eric stayed, I think another six months, but Eric comes from more of like a tech engineering background. Um, gotcha. he went to Princeton, worked at Microsoft before going to film school. Um, so he, he ended up going to Amazon then worked at Netflix, uh, now works at Warner brothers, um, kind of on the tech strategy side. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, after we both left the company, we both kept in touch and, you know, kept writing together and, uh, yeah, just finally both hit the point where we're like, we have to make something like this mm-hmm. is who we're competing against. You know, obviously like people say, you know, uh, people question like whether you could still like a, like kind of Kevin Smith story still happen today. Right. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, you're definitely not going to find out unless you try. And like, that's who we're competing against is people figuring out ways to like get their stuff made. Yeah. Uh, So we, you know, I think both just mutually got frustrated and we're like, we have to film something. Um, So in like June of 2021, I was like, I called Eric and I was like, we got to make something in December. I don't care what it is. Um, Cause he could have gotten like a week off of work. We're like, we'll shoot something in a week. Like whether it's a, you know, if we can get $5,000, we'll make a $5,000 feature. Um, <laughs> and I wrote the first draft of Wine Club in four days. No and way. Eric, we started going back and forth. Uh, and yeah, so Wine Club was like not even really, it wasn't like this script that we were trying to get made for like years. It was just like yeah. in June, we're like, we are making a movie. We better come up with something to shoot. Wow. Um, yeah. So we had we thought we had access to a free vineyard, which we ended up getting. So we're like, all right, it's at a vineyard. So yeah. what, what what craziness could happen at a vineyard? Um, yeah. And that's that's kind of I don't even remember what your question was, well, but that's kind of the doesn't story. Matter. That's that's yeah. so many of my <laughs> questions wrapped up. Let me um let me just first of all congratulate both of you, even though Eric's not here, on making a fucking hilarious film. I'm oh, just thank like, you so much. Well done. The writing, um, I kept on writing stuff about the writing because, you know, I, I I don't have any experience with movie making, but I realized that very little of it is unintentional. You know, you, everything's kind of written in and where there's magic is in a performance or some sort yeah. of ad lib or accidental thing that like, fuck it, we're keeping that. That's great. Yeah. So, uh, but the writing was so good and there's so many oh, thank you. crazy little things in there. Uh, I mean, I don't want to give too much away about the movie, but. The tasters, the fucking tasters, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, the, the book of the vines, there's so many like just oddball things, the gooch, uh, that you were writing a children's or like, a, a bits for a child actor that didn't exist within a character that it just, anyway, it, it was brilliant. Um, oh, thank you so much. The opening it's sequence very, was so cool. It's very thrilling to hear anybody, uh, who not only likes it, but just like telling us it looks like a real movie. It's just like such a thrill. Well, <laughs> like I that mean, was kind of the standard was like, or that was the bar we were trying to hit. Right. Like, can we yeah. make like in eight days? Can we make something that looks like a, you did that in eight days? Yeah. Where, where was that? Where was, where was the shot? Uh, it was, we, so we had a free vineyard in Napa, but then like maybe three, two, three weeks before shooting, we like, we didn't even have producers uh, until like six weeks before the shoot. <laughs> it was <laughs> mostly just me and Eric. And we were like, all right, we kind of got to get producers soon or else this is this is going to be too much for us. Right. Um, 
And like, so I guess we started running the numbers maybe three weeks before shooting and we're like, it, it might make way more sense to not fly everybody up to Napa right. to shoot at a free vineyard and just pay for a vineyard in Malibu. Yeah. So, so we, uh, yeah, we paid for two vineyards in Malibu. One was like kind of a private residence that kind of had some vines, but we also shot in December. So like there was no vines anywhere, yeah. like there was no grapes. Right. So we kind of had to write that into the story that this is just kind of a shitty vineyard that like, yeah, yeah. you know, um, but yeah. And that, and then the other location was like a very expensive location for our, but like we spent way too money, way too much money of our budget on a location, on like a location. what would normally be considered what you should spend on the location. But we knew that we didn't want this to look like a one location movie. Like mm-hmm. me and Eric very much want to do studio comedy type films. Um, sure. Uh, so we wanted to make something like we preferred people like we didn't want people to be like, oh, that looks great for a one location movie. We much rather you think like, oh, that universal movie looked like shit. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, they're really cutting yeah. corners. On it. Um, well, yeah, I mean, you so got an do, outstanding venue, the the place, the shots. Yeah. Amazing. Sorry. I so that, I mean, no, no, it's OK. But that's why we paid for that place, which, is yeah. you know, it was a bunch of different looks that were all outside and right so we didn't have to light it like we yeah. we kind of had our writing rules before where eric was like all right, all right 75 of the movie has to be kind of day. daytime exteriors <laughs> yeah. yeah um and like 75 of the scenes have to have no more than two to three people in it and nobody's allowed to walk in those scenes like just so we could just do the standard you know yeah. coverage um yeah so we kind of overpaid for that vineyard because there were so many scenes that you would never think are like within 200 feet of each other that, you know, there were some days where we shot 20 pages. Um, and then for, for reference, most movies shoot like three, three to seven pages a day. Like even seven might be a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, I mean, that, that sort of answers one of my other questions. There's a wedding scene or a ceremony scene that, uh, is shot in the rain that cannot possibly have been intentional. No, right. definitely not. We were just like, no, it, it was of course the one rainy week in LA where yeah. like it rained half the days. We had a rain out. So for an eight day shoot to have a rain out is like a disaster. Like disaster. we had to, we had to raise another 20 grand during the shoot oh. to afford a last day. And then, yeah. So we're like in between takes sending out frantic emails from Malibu where there's no cell phone service trying oh. to like basically just beg everybody that was like kind of on the fence about Mm -hmm. investing and yeah Yeah. what we found was like and i guess this is like a good lesson for anybody trying to like make something is you know we you know we went out to a lot of people and a lot of people were like very supportive and we're like oh yeah we believe in you but like this isn't a great time to invest and then like we started shooting and we started showing people footage and for some people, like it kind of magically became a good time to invest. <laughs> it's yes. like, yeah. it's like, oh, you got Steve Little from Eastbound and Down. Right. Uh, like, I love that guy. So, uh, um, yeah, just you know, like, I don't know, like, yeah, I feel like things like compounded on one another, and it's like if you can make it, if you could kind of fight your way through it things actually get a yeah. little easier. <laughs> like, it, it, Let me know when it gets easier for you because it's just compounded continuously. It seems like because you get it finished, it's in the can, ready to go, and then the writers and actors strike. Yeah, it's I mean, fresh. it's never gotten easy. It's just yeah. some occasionally like some, like for like a sports analogy, it's like you got to, if you're a baseball player in the minor leagues, like you got to 
play on play defense on these shitty fields but if you could somehow make it to the major leagues now you get like these pristine infields that have no bumps and you know like if you keep going things do get like a little easier they will never be easy but oh welcome welcome back eric welcome back eric hey sorry about that no it's It's good it's good so uh I'll, i'll catch up he was just telling me about the uh improbable and incredible eight day shoot and the uh the i mean the the last second rewrite of the the ceremony scene with the rain which made it so much funnier i just I, when i was watching that i was like there's no way they did this on purpose and <laughs> but it we, was just yeah. so perfect um we i think we I actually did. like the only complication for that was like we had to make the next scene a night scene right. um just because like if it took place in the day on, and now it's sunny right uh, yeah i thing. mean yeah well, but, well, the, uh, the other complication was that it actually was raining on the yeah, cast and crew yeah, while we were filming sucks. it sort of and it was freeze like people were freezing oh. that's why like taylor the main actress uh she's wearing a like daniel van kirk's jacket we're just like yeah, yeah just throw it on just throw it on <laughs> yeah. yeah and it was in a big field so every time you know somebody wanted to warm up they had to basically walk back across essentially a football mm-hmm. field worth of grass to go inside get warm right. change costume come back out <laughs> do it again well to have those kinds of crazy complications and just physical discomfort and still get the performance that you guys got out of that cast um i think if any yeah. one thing will recommend you or further work elsewhere is that whatever magic you guys have in, and it's something I'm real curious about. And I want you to maybe one or both of you to explain how this works, but like taking agency over a performance and helping uh, an actor feel like they are that character and that they're going to give you what you're looking for. I mean, you guys are new at this. I know you've been in the business, but to be like, you're the head guys, you know, directing how, how do you get that performance out of people and how do you feel like you have the agency to to tell you know taylor ortega or stevie little or uh, what's his name eric griffin like hey man can you can you try that again but a little less this a little more that where, where do you uh, get eric, that you wanna... yeah because yeah, uh... we i think me and eric are different as directors obviously so i'll let eric answer and then i'm sure i have a different answer because <laughs> okay. i don't feel like i yeah I, I think that's that's part of it like part of it is you have to especially making the film under the insane constraints that we made it uh under you have to sort of rely on things kind of just working and that the script makes sense and the actors kind of can grasp their their stories and their through lines kind of intuitively. So like by the time they step on set, they know what their character is and they know what it's all about. And it's actually the same ish idea that we have in our heads. I think if we hadn't had that, I don't know that we could have corrected it in the time that we had quite honestly, but we just, there's a little bit of luck involved, but I think, you know, there's obviously that like 5%, you know, wiggle room or adjustment. So it's like, right. sometimes they go too big or sometimes, you know, one character is like, oh, should be more uh, forward and is kind of like a little bit more laid back. So there's like, there's a little bit of dialing up and down energy that we're able to do yeah. um, from take to take. But ultimately, they had to be 95% on the on the same pages as from the get go. And that was a lot of luck. And yeah, quite honestly. Well, I, yeah. I mean, you you guys got a um, a performance out of an adult film star that was yeah, so yes. convincing and good, <laughs> and I don't know that that's a common thing in in non adult film films. 
you know, no offense to the, the actress. I mean, but she was she was great. I mean, she just nailed that role yeah. so convincingly. So you guys are doing something right. Like that should be in your film reel that you took an adult film star and made her. Like, we had. I mean, yeah. uh, I was to say she was just really funny. Like I don't, yeah. I don't think we sh- we take any credit for. We just got yeah. really lucky with That's the awesome. cast that we got. Like people ask us, like, how can, well, we have our Instagram where we, we're posting clips from the movie as we uh, promote it. And people are like, oh, you should post bloopers. And I'm like, we don't have any. Nobody ever fucked up. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was very unusual that people yeah. messed up. Um, but I think for somebody like, uh, like Vanna or, um, you know, we had a couple of other quasi non-actor or semi-professional actors in, in the crew. We tried to really like, optimize the roles for them to suit their individual strengths and yeah. like the stuff with the the wine quote tasting was uh kind of a constant struggle between us and our producers and our ad who was like do you guys like do you really want to do this like is this really and the sound and then, effect and on, the fucking and on sound the effect. page <laughs> on yeah. the page it was sort of like even matt matt can take credit for for that sequence and even i was like i don't uh like, how, <laughs> how is this gonna work but then uh you know we had this opportunity to work with that i think we were connected to her through uh, our lead actor dan um and it was kind of like well here's what we can do here are the conditions or here's sort of the constraints that we have um and you know let's sort of write it to match what we we're able to do I don't want to say like reverse engineering the scene, but a little bit of that and uh, make the actors feel comfortable, um, you know, give non, you know, or people who are not usually used to work, working in these conditions, you know, the chance to do their best and contribute their ideas and contribute their enthusiasm. And yeah. I think we got some really awesome performances as a result. Yeah. Well, what's, what's your take on it, man? Uh, what was the question again? Sorry. <laughs> well, just like, well, you were saying, you know, being able to take agency. And, oh, and, yeah. And... Yeah. So, I mean, just my style of how I want to direct is not to like, you know, I like, like to echo what Eric said, like our, to me, our time to shine is like before we ever step on set and mm-hmm. like before we ever start rolling, we should be 95% on the same page where the only notes we are giving are like, oh, maybe like go a little bigger or less big right. um but it's like i'm not gonna tell like daniel van kirk that he's not like reading a joke or like however yeah, daniel yeah, van yeah. kirk does it is the funniest way to do it so <laughs> i'm not gonna or steve little or taylor like yeah. they were all such like amazing improvisers by the so time we good. were rolling i was and i'm really bad at this um but i constantly am ruining takes by laughing um so i don't know if the actor is like that or hated or some combination of both but like to me it's like i'm very clearly like a fan (laughs) just watching this kind of private show (laughs) that me and eric have written for ourselves and we'll sort out the rest of it in editing but Mm -hmm. you know to me it was just like like steve little we didn't even talk to before the we weren't even 100 percent sure he was showing up the first day because like we hadn't (laughs) spoken to him like there was no preparation and you know, we gave him one note at the beginning of like just for 10 minutes talking about his character and he like nailed it throughout the whole movie. It was like, you know, we told him like when you're with at this point in the script, you're if you're with these people in private, you know, you're talking in this kind of like you've let your guard down. They know who you really are. Like yeah. in the other scenes, you're this cult leader who like has this other persona and 
other than reminding him of like, you know, where we are in this story before we shot a scene, which he knew anyway, like there there really wasn't a lot for us to do. Uh Um, Again, we just got really lucky with this cast. You got, you got a great cast. It looked like fun. And I got the sense for sure when watching it, that the writing was adaptive. And it's, it's interesting to hear that now, just how adaptive you guys had to be just based on the circumstances and, you know, how like the, the, your technical, technical acumen, Eric was able to like, come up with some sort of equation for how much of every type of shot had to be in the writing. I mean, that's, that, is that, is that <laughs> I was telling him about your, your rules for me when I was trying to bang out the first draft. Yeah. I think is it was, it was, it was less about being, you know, super precise or, or based on an equation more just like for every scene that does have these extra elements is like, why did, why do we need to do it this way? Right. Is this what we want to spend, you know, an extra afternoon on as opposed to something else? Yeah. Um, you know, does this need to be inside? Does this need to be at night? And kind of these are the same questions that our that our AD was asking um, as well. So we were kind of like self-producing or, or self-ADing ourselves before, um, you know, the AD and the producers would even get access to it. So we were already yeah. like a couple of iterations uh, ahead of that so that we didn't have to like waste that much time on set. But, yeah. It, yeah. It comes through in a really great way, man, that you guys were so um, prepared. I mean, knowing now the backstory of how little time you had to shoot it, where you shot it, you know, your uh, the shit you faced before, during and after this film, um, like the story of the making of the film is almost its own film. And the film itself is weirdly autobiographical, you know, just, yes. just knowing what little bitty I, bit I know about you two before this, like clearly, you know, the, the lead character uh, is an amalgam of the two of you, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, Eric really, I mean, I told you about my kind of half of that, but Eric really did elope to a vineyard with his now wife and spent a weird afternoon alone, like at this at this place and yeah. you know with their wedding nuptials with no cell phone service so yeah that was kind of like he eric had been telling me for years that it's like this was like the start of a horror movie like yeah. there's something yeah. there yeah well you, you you certainly drew blood from the turnip man i mean this is uh <laughs> you, you took a lot from a, a little thing um and i'm I'll quit just kissing your ass about how great the movie was. I can't wait for people to uh, see it. Stop some more. But uh yeah, I I do I am curious about uh, a few things. I mean, um you know, just we'll stick with the movie for a second, but I do kind of want to know about you two, um, how you became, you know, pals and and your your sort of backgrounds. But before we leave the actual film, who came up with the book of the vines? Is that what it's called? The uh, the keeper of the vines? Was that, that you? Was, that was Eric. That was Eric. That was an addition in one of his drafts. Um, we're just like based on some notes. It was like, yeah, make the cult like kind of weirder and more specific. Well, like, what are their rituals? I'm trying to remember. I think there was an actor that we were uh, talking with to play the lead originally before we cast Daniel. Mm-hmm. And I think he had given us the note, or somebody gave us the note that there should be lore. Yeah, in the cult, there should be some sort of credo that they're following, mm-hmm. and we're kind of like, that's not really what we want to do. We don't really care that much about the credo, but it's like, oh, but they should still have one, and it can be insane. It can it can be kind of nonsensical and something that you know 
Charlie wants to escape from. And at the same time, we had had these actors, the actor who played uh, Utah, the Keeper of the Book of the Vine, is a very good friend of mine, Michael Graves. And it was kind of like, okay, we have that. And we also want to roll for this person who was a friend of mine, kind of an originally a non-actor. Let's have it so he's standing in one place, essentially reading from a book. And that book is the Book of the Vine. And he's just saying these insane sayings and yeah. that's sort of how that happened of course he memorized like he didn't even che- like we gave him a cheat basically over like your character you just a reads a book but yeah. he memorized the entire thing didn't nice. have anything in there wow uh, he was probably the most prepared person <laughs> on the entire set well i mean between that and then the um the end scenes where you got you were kind of wrapping up you know I, i'm not gonna give too much away about the the thing but you guys there's another book like another layer deeper on the the keeper of the vines that is just i love that type of shit that uh and it what it made me think of and i had i did a little research i don't did you ever see the movie kumari it was uh, um with uh what's the guy's name uh vikram gandhi it was like on netflix he uh he became a guru like a joke just as just to see what people would do because he's an indian and he just basically imitated his grandmother's voice and said all this kind of you know pithy but nice things. And he got this following of people that were yeah. totally, I mean, like smitten. I mean, that sounds him. really funny. <laughs> it was very funny, but it got kind of weirdly dark. And at the end, like, he, you know, there's a big reveal and there are still people that follow. Even if it's been clearly yeah. revealed that he was a charlatan, a benevolent charlatan, but a charlatan nonetheless. And there were still people that like hung on to bits of, you know the the keeper of the vine type of shit it, it, when i saw your film i was like god this reminds me of something so i looked up that movie kamari and there was one adult film star actress in, in the oh wow <laughs> I was like, maybe is there was it vanna bardo it was not vanna bardo <laughs> <laughs> but yeah anyway so check out that movie kamari um just you'll get a kick out of yeah how, how well you guys nailed the cult thing that sounds uh, great. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we put in very out. little research into this. Yeah, that's <laughs> this, like really just came <laughs> from like matter. watching a couple. Uh, honestly, the original idea came from a pilot that I wrote with another person. Uh, this guy, Sean Spencer, who also works with us at that company and then since left the industry to go work for the 76ers basketball team. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, like kind of when we, me and Eric were trying to think of a movie idea, uh, like I was looking through some old things and it was like, what do these people find at this vineyard? That's crazy. And we yeah. had this kind of character, this cult character who was trying to escape his own cult after uh, being bored of running it for 20 years. But if he couldn't get what he wanted, his second choice was to still remain a cult leader. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was the extent of the research about cult and wine. Like Amazing. we know, like I know nothing. So <laughs> Amazing. Well, you certainly didn't have to put too much heavy lifting into the wine bit. Cause no, <laughs> I mean, you could just make up it. Uh, when I first started bartending, we sold wine. And it, the only difference between what I said and what actual wine people say is that like actual wine people don't have the humility to like realize they're talking about something so subjective as taste. <laughs> and for something to taste like dick, I thought was <laughs> fucking hilarious. So good. That was that was actually a real thing that I found on Reddit where uh, <laughs> the actor who played that 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 role, who is a mutual friend, and my one of our producers was like, oh, I think I could get 
Romano, you know, you're doing a cult thing. Like, should we try to get Romano to show his dick in the movie? <laughs> I was like, yes, please, please ask him. <laughs> and then I, uh, oh, good. He, so he good. was in, he was in a uh, Seven Days in Hell, the Andy Samberg. He was in both Andy Samberg sports documentaries oh, where he got like very naked in both of them, and it just <laughs> so there's no problem. So, just yeah, so we thought we could. And- yeah, so we thought we could get to him, <laughs> and uh, Bob right. was just like, "Come up with a bit for him to do." That's like kind of culty, and I googled. I think I just googled wine and dick, <laughs> and <laughs> found this thing on Reddit called wine dipping, where it was like, it's not a real thing. I think people were just trolling. It is people now. On Reddit. It isn't. Yeah, it exactly. is now. <laughs> where they claim that the the true classy way to taste wine is to dip your penis in the glass. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> So that was where that came from. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wish I, I could claim credit for just coming up with that. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. You guys just, um, <laughs> I cannot encourage people enough to go, to go see this one. <laughs> and, uh, we'll plug it before now during, and then after, but, uh, the 15th of December film comes yeah. out and you, you guys are doing your own release. How, how does that yes. work? Eric, you want to? Oh, it's, uh, <laughs> we're sort of learning as we go. Um, so we are self-distributing the film because I think where Matt and I both landed and where a lot of the other people involved in the film landed as well is that nobody really cares about this as much as we do. And barring, you know, some enormous payday or something from a distributor, which is just not really happening given everything that's going on in the industry and just distributors are certainly tightening their belts. Um, we figured that the best approach would be to kind of own it ourselves, retain as much of the revenue as possible, um, and essentially give as little of the pie away as we could. Yeah. Um, and so that's the approach that we've taken. And I think Matt and I, it started out as a joke, but uh, it's kind of proven itself to be true over and over and over again. Um, and it's basically whenever we rely on ourselves to do something, even if it's something we've never done before, it usually works out. Yeah. And whenever we do not rely on ourselves and rely on basically trusting some external third party, it essentially doesn't work out. Um, it's a bit of a cynical attitude, but <laughs> I think it actually tends to pan out uh, in situations like this. And so, you know, we essentially navigated the self-distribution how to get on these platforms, how to work with aggregators, how to assemble the deliverables that are necessary. Um, and I, you know, we both worked at a production company. So a right. lot of this stuff is not, I, so I've heard about. these things before right. or been involved in, in tangential ways uh, on, on some of these um, processes. So we were able to figure it out. And I think that's one piece. And then it's, um, you know, figuring out the marketing and distribution. Matt, you want to, yeah yeah i mean i'm terrible at my own social media but i've like tried to become an expert at instagram now um so i mean we thought we would get like a couple hundred followers before the movie's released and like hope to have i guess kind of like a much slower build but uh like we've somehow gotten over two thousand followers in a couple months and you know without actors even promoting the movie it's just us posting little clips and you know we knew that going like we've we prepared, we always prepared for the possibility that we would self-distribute from the beginning, which I feel like, I don't know how many filmmakers do that uh, because it's like, 
you know, self-distribution has always been considered failure. Um, so how many people prepare to fail? So I guess me and Eric did. <laughs> and like we, we had this on our mind, like going back to what, I mean, we were always going to do a comedy because that's what we want to do. But like, I don't know if we would do a drama this like, you know, I don't think there's like eight second clips from a drama where like you're just going to throw them on Instagram and people will share it because it was like, oh, that eight second clip was so dramatic. You know, right. it's like, right. I think with a comedy, if you do get these little like, you know, moments like yeah. you could you could put it on the Internet and people people will share it. And it's like kind of a product in itself, like a little eight second piece oh. of content as opposed to like, you know, an eight second clip from a drama or something, you know to some extent, a horror movie, like how much can you really scare the shit out of somebody in eight seconds without right. any context? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like Eric said, we're figuring it out. We'll see how it goes. Like we haven't released it yet. So right. I guess we'll find out if we made a terrible mistake, but <laughs> where all is it going to be available? Uh, Amazon, Google play and Apple. Okay. To start. Hey Amen. Uh, I don't know. What I got from the movie, and it's it's interesting that you told you mentioned early in our conversation that you guys were working on little shorts, uh, and and I've I've only you know for the past several months been looking at your film in the segments available on Instagram, so it's like your movie lends itself perfectly to shorts, even though it's a perfectly logical and and hilarious through line of a story. There are just these little vignettes that are so poignant and funny. Like the one, I mean, just the opening sequence of the film, I think was so unique that it was conducted via Instagram. You know what I mean? It was like this live yeah. feed thing, but, uh, Taylor and, uh, and, uh, what's his name? Um, Daniel, Daniel, <laughs> that, that little vignette about them seeing their hotel room, the motel room for the first time yeah. was just so perfect. If that's, if that doesn't sell you on the movie, that's without seeing Stevie little. Yeah name is ironically a perfect child actor name unadulterated <laughs> that you had to I change know. it for the thing. He's like, Oh shit, man. He's already Stevie little. It's perfect. I don't know. Maybe we should have just made him play himself. <laughs> <laughs> Part two you know, yeah. reveal. But uh, anyway, I, I think you've got, I've got such a cool thing to share and you've got um, if, 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 if nothing else, the proof of concept for you too, that you're capable of making oh, something. Thank you. Um, yeah. yeah. Hopefully the the later payoff uh is is greater than what i hope is going to be an excellent payoff for this because you've obviously worked your asses off thank you i appreciate it, it. i mean i think it did make it easier for us to like kind of take this leap of faith uh yeah. in the fact that we got we did get signed by mosaic like basically as soon as we finished the movie nice. um and you know so we got signed like at the end of last year um and, you know, like we got a few meetings in before the holidays start um, and we were able to like get some projects, uh, like kind of start getting some momentum on some other projects. So we were kind of like, you know, we were willing to take this, uh, this leap of faith on Wine Club where it's like, you know, what if we get one of these other projects going, like we're really going to want to still own this movie, you know, if in yeah. a couple of years, like I think. I think all of the cast should basically become famous because they're all yes. so funny and talented. Yes. You know, some of them will be famous in a couple of years, some maybe in 10 years, like who knows, who you knows? know, the yeah. guy from jury duty, who is my cousin, oh, I don't yeah. know if he recognized uh, the character Mordecai. Yeah. He was great. He, he landed the role on jury duty, like during production. 
nice of wine club like that was just i i feel like people are going to be like oh they got the guy from jury duty you know right yeah but uh but yeah like you know obviously the cast is insanely talented and yeah you know who knows what will happen in a couple of years if sure. you know drive a bunch of people to go watch this old movie you know yeah uh, so that made it easier to like take this leap of faith um and it was just also really interesting for us to take all these meetings just to like see how the industry works where it's like, yeah. you know, we took that time with wine club to, we took a year to apply to festivals. Um, didn't get into most of them. <laughs> um, so, and, and then like starting to take dis- distributor meetings where like a lot of the offers are zero, like sure. it's a free partnership. That's it. And yeah. then at the same time to be taking meetings with like executives from companies that like we grew up watching their stuff and for them to be like, yeah, we liked your movie. Like, we don't care what happens to it. Like, we just think you're good and can do this. Yeah. Like, let's develop something. It's It was so weird to go through those two experiences at the same exact time of just like being told by the festivals and distribution companies that we're worth nothing. <laughs> and then, you know, <laughs> um, to have that other side of it. That's brutal. But uh, yeah. I mean, I, I can see a, why people give up. Like if you're yeah. only going through that, you know, you finish your thing that you really love and then it's just another, it's a whole year of rejection. And then, you know, I, I also feel like the, um, there's a shift in art and media where ownership of what you've created and having a bigger stake of maybe a smaller pie. Now I'm seeing this with, with authors and artists and musicians who've built these like big social media followings and they're selling millions of units of whatever, whether it's a book or like a, you know, a, a podcast or a, a, a C, not CD, but like, you know, downloads, millions of those millions of hits, but making maybe thousands of dollars. Right. And, um, you know, you, if you guys are in a position to do much better than that, I think, you know, as far as like the slice of the pie and the number of people that you can get to look at it, um, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, like who knows how many, you know, we'll be available in hundreds of millions of homes. It's just how many people can we make aware of that? Like, right. I think we're so new into this new reality of self distribution that, yeah. like, you know, we're not trying to do like a nationwide theater tour. Like, that's a lot of time and a lot of money. Sure. And like, kind of the max is filling up a theater, right. you know, so how much money can you really make? Right. Um, so, yeah, who knows what, like, anybody who tells me that this is a terrible idea, like, you know, you, you have to see, like somebody will be successful right. doing it. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm sure I don't even know you guys at all, but I'm proud of you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Eric, how much are you trying to raise on your Kickstarter? You know, what's the goal? Uh, we set a goal at $10,000, which we felt would, you know, enable us to really get started and test a few things, test a few ideas, mm-hmm. you know, looking at targeted things on, on Instagram and TikTok and, try to clips, you know, create these little bite-sized clips from the movie of little jokes or outtakes, um, and then see if we can get them out there. Cause you know, the, the advantage of being in this self-distribution or this world where, you know, platforms or the top platforms are everywhere is we can get, uh, fairly easily onto, you know, basically hundreds of millions of homes around the world have access to, to rent or buy the movie i think it was something like 65 countries around the world so the access is not the problem the problem is awareness so if we can get the awareness i think that amount will really help us make a dent 
yeah. um, hopefully we exceed it. Well, I, I certainly hope so. I mean, and now that the actors can promote as well. That's right. Yeah. That's great. I mean, I, that, that when you guys first, uh, when I saw you first online, uh, that was a big fear, you know, that this, I mean, I know you guys were kind of holding back until the end of the strike, but that strike just like, I mean, it's like opening a restaurant right before the pandemic, you know, yeah. and just all expectations go out the window and you're like, can I just hang on? Yeah. But, uh, looks like you guys might be poised to do, you know, yeah, something we'll unique. Hopefully. Hopefully. We didn't have, I mean, it helps that we don't have an opening weekend to like hit, you know, right. we, we figured like maybe we could put it out in November or December. And if the strike lasts until January or February, it's like, you know, they could still get on there and be like, Hey, we got a new movie. Like nobody's going to know. <laughs> yeah. Who, um, who cares yeah. when it was re so, released? I, yeah. I, I have self, I have a lot of empathy for this because I self published a book this year after, I mean, plenty of rejection but not nearly as much rejection as a lot of people go through. I've got very uh, thin skin. So it took very little rejection for me to be like, I'm doing it myself. <laughs> and uh, it took me forever to get a um, an audiobook together, which is somewhat ironic because that, that's part of what I'm trying to do as a career is voiceover. But uh, having you know, the date of one, you know, the release date is so arbitrary when you've self-published because no one gives a shit. Right. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's new or not. It's like it's new to you. It's yeah, like I'm the thrift store of books or something. Exactly. You know, like it's just, it's always going to be new to you, no matter how old yep. it is, because you know, no one's fucking heard of it. So yeah. it's evergreen, your movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, let me let me shift away from uh, Wine Club for a second and just talk about you two as pals. I mean, you've um, there's got to be like a kind of deep simpatico to work together this closely. I mean, you worked at a company together, and then you chose you lived together for a while, and then you have chosen to continue being pals even across the country and, and working so hard on this project together. How did the two of you, uh, when did you first start dating? <laughs> <laughs> I, that guy, Sean Spencer will, will crack up when he hears that. Cause he said, he like used to joke that we're basically like domestic, domestically married or something like <laughs> we would couple. like i didn't have a car in la so like eric would drive me to work every day and like we cart we'd carpool <laughs> home and then like go get dinner somewhere because i was i was in a long eric was single at the time and i was in a long distance relationship with my now wife uh who was back in new york and congratulations and you just got married they, right? yeah like yeah, uh awesome. three three four weeks ago nice. um but uh yeah it's just <laughs> like there was a lot like we both moved out to la at the same time like I don't know when we realized that we both have the same very dumb sense of humor. Um, but I mean, we're also very different in a lot of ways. So I don't know. I don't know. Do you have any insight, Eric, to how this happened? Because I could also see like a reality in which I left that company and we never spoke again, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, some part of it is um, sort of circumstantial. Like when we, we both moved out to LA roughly at the same time to work for this production company and it was sort of just a thing of convenience that we ended up being roommates so did, um, you didn't know each other before very well we did we did oh. know each other um because we had been working together still for this same loose entity that eventually became the production company gotcha. um so we knew each other and it was kind of like oh okay this is like a good you know i don't know anyone in la really let me mm -hmm. let, you know let's let's live together and we started collaborating on some of our early projects, like some of those early shorts. Um, 
And so we started just like naturally bouncing around ideas. And so we sort of started that way, probably 2016 or so. And, you know, then we both left the company and we were both kind of getting the itch to make something. And I think uh, I always kind of was, I guess we both came to directing indirectly, I suppose. I came more from the producing side and Matt came more from the writing side. So I think there is a natural, because in order to be a good produce, a good director, I think you have to be both a good producer and a good writer in addition to the, the directing, which, um, so I think there's a natural sense that we're not really stepping on each other's toes to some extent. And we, we both do all of it. Right. Um, but I think we come to it with very different perspectives and it turned out to be additive. So we started collaborating on a script kind of just for fun. We both really liked how it came out. We're actually still working on that original script. Um, probably draft like 10, 15, 20 or something like that. And then it was kind of like, okay, let's make this thing that we can just shoot. And it just, it was just like a great, really fun, really rewarding process where I feel like Matt, I would put something in the script and Matt would improve it. I hope the reverse is true. Like he would come up with stuff that cracked me up. He would come up with stuff that really annoyed me and I would delete it. <laughs> um, you know, and it, it, it sort of built, uh, yeah. it built like that. So it was just like a natural extension to, to direct. And I think, I think it just worked. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like on some level you can't like really ex explain it or it's just like some things just work out that like I noticed on set it's like I'm definitely the one who's like all right we got it let's move on and Eric is like no we need to do one more take we don't have it and I'm like we have yeah. it and then like we would argue uh. and then in the edit like I'm like no we got to leave the scene longer and Eric's like no take it out like it's too it's too long we got to mm -hmm. make it shorter so it's like just naturally, like, I, I realized that, like, I want to shoot nothing and use everything. And Eric's like, I don't want to shoot it. I want to shoot everything and use none of it. It's just like <laughs> these, these like, things that kind of just, like, fell into place where we just complement each other in some weird, unexplainable way. That, that may be why your movie didn't sag in the middle. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I was, I, I was brutal um, yeah. with wanting to shorten it. And it's yeah. like... I'm still slightly annoyed that it's an hour 43 and it's like, well, we I did get it an 90. hour 30. We did get it down to an hour 30 and then we made it 13 minutes longer by, so you, you mentioned the opening sequence and the, yeah. the closing sequence. We actually shot, that was a pickup day that we did purely for like, we just thought of a funny idea. So let's do a pickup day. Cause we were planning wow. to do like some drone shots anyway, like six months later when it was more green yeah. in LA. Um, so yeah, so we just we uh, we Eric brutally cut the movie down to an hour thirty, and then we <laughs> added thirteen minutes back to it. Um, well, well, what I mean by it not sagging in the middle is it was like it was still punchy in the middle, which a lot of even like great funny you know like Judd Apatow movies and stuff like that, you know those classic things, they can have like those kind of like where they're sort of nailing home that they're driving for that moral. Um, thing that you are supposed to learn at the end yeah yeah they're driving that point home and it can get kind of heavy in the middle and sag uh and you guys you just didn't do that you weren't like, trying to teach any moral lesson necessarily no. but like <laughs> matt matt and i are they're, we're definitely on the same page with regard to you know like script uh story and plot where we want to be ahead of the audience and mm -hmm. i think we're both pretty familiar with script structure and we've seen so many movies and we sort of know how it's supposed to go so when we're writing, 
we'll write it how it's supposed to go and then kind of look at it and say, well, what's a better way? <laughs> how can we sort of advance the plot, but sort of veer left mm-hmm. in a slightly different direction or like kind of subvert? What if we throw a wrench in the plot advancing? Yeah. How do we get around it? And constantly sort of trying to introduce these new these new variables into the story and go faster and say, like, how do we if this is the obvious scene to go next, like, let's skip it. Right. And that sort of thing. Well, you certainly said a lot more with less, which was cool. And I was very glad the movie did not actually end where I thought it was ending. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, we were kind of worried. We were like, we, we when we were submitting to festivals, we we were tracking the views on Vimeo, and we noticed like some people were stopping at like an hour thirty, and we're like, oh, oh shit, did we like, <laughs> did we screw yeah. up by convincing people that the movie was over without telling you anything that happened? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm glad you kept going. No, it was quite good. I was like, oh fuck, are they, is this this isn't the end, is it? And then like, woohoo. <laughs> that, I mean, that's great to hear that. Like, you actually didn't want the movie to be over. Like, you know, I didn't we want the movie to end there. Yeah. There. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yes, you're not calling for a four hour. <laughs> right, four right. Hour this, movie, please don't but... make it Lord of the Ring. No, no. It, yeah. it was quite. It was quite good, man. I know I've said that probably fifteen times, but uh, uh, please keep saying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because you. um, it was it was very trim, svelte. I think they might say on Long I, Island. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we also approached it like uh, more of a TV show because um, mm. like when me and Eric like got to LA in 2016, everything was like, oh, you have a funny movie idea, but can let's make it a TV show because that's what was selling. Right, right. And I think trying to get ahead of that being like, well, by the time we get a TV show sold, I bet movies will be back in, in fashion. So yeah. let's take some like TV idea and turn it oh, do the movie version of it where it's like kind of. We approach it like six little mini episodes of mm-hmm. like a TV season. Um, and I think just like comedy in general is trending more towards that. Yeah, I think the perception is that there's not like a lot of great movie comedy now these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and people will blame that on like, oh, you can't be like offensive anymore. So that's why there's not as many good comedies. And mm-hmm. I think that's both like because there's plenty of great TV comedy, you know, like you can still stick your dick in the wine. Yeah, exactly. So uh, <laughs> that's offensive uh, to nobody. That's yeah. only the wine, and just so, barely yeah, the wine. Wine, wine lovers might. I don't think we'll get into the Napa Film Festival, but uh, <laughs> you definitely should be in the Napa Film Festival. Um, but yeah, we just like I forgot what I was trying to say, but yeah, we just approached it like a, you know, just trying to keep the plot moving and mm-hmm. try to approach it like definitely be, like lean into the behavior over the jokes right. um, where like, you know, it was a question. Can you, like I heard Paul Feig talking about this on a podcast recently that not a lot of people have figured out how to like make that TV comedy translate to movies uh, mm-hmm. that kind of behavior over jokes approach right. that like Jeff, uh, that Greg Daniels does with the, uh, the office. And yeah, it's just a, just us trying to see if we can like pull that off instead of like, earning something over three seasons can we earn it over three scenes at the beginning of the movie and have this kind of turn be funny you know after you know 20 minutes rather than 15 episodes yeah or or like a saturday night live bit that's just over beats you over the head with the same you know joke for a month yeah (laughs) Uh, you, you you guys um you clearly have like a lot of respect for one another and you make each other laugh and you know how to argue I think that's like so it's like that is a marriage 
Uh, essentially, how jealous I mean, a lot of our, are your wives of the two? But, they've definitely uh, made jokes over our, our four-way group text. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think I think it helps that our arguments are funny in the moment. Like me and Eric will be arguing very seriously about something, but like one of us will say something funny that makes the other one laugh in the middle nice. of the argument. Um, so we could we could go straight to like thinking that this is funny instead of like when we cool down yeah. hours later. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I would never say we argue. We just have like bigger. Yeah, things. sure, sure. We're not always in agreement. But I think another thing that we sort of tried to use is like, usually someone, one of the two of us will care about something more. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like if we're really on opposite sides of an issue, it's sort yeah. of the person who, person who feels really passionately about it usually Gets we the, just try to beat the, the other one down into submission. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. one of us up. will be like, I don't care anymore. Like, right. I, we, I also, don't... we also do this thing where we both clearly are manipulating each other into like, <laughs> we both say we don't like something, even though we do, so that we could trade it later, yeah. where yeah. it's like, I don't like this, but if you if you take that out, I'll leave that <laughs> in. Yeah. And then it's just it basically like, we both know we're doing it, and it just yeah. turns into like both both of us claiming we hate half of the other movies that we could get our <laughs> stuff in. <laughs> Uh, I love that form of uh, of consensus. It's like, okay, look, I'm not saying this can't be in there, but I really need you to just make the case, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, you got to sell me on this. You know, you, you're not yeah. providing enough. Co- you know, why? Yeah. Why is this the thing? That's great. And then if you do that enough, it's like the other one starts to realize when the other one's lying. Where it's like, you don't hate that. You're just trying to. You're just trying to use that against yeah. me later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you love that. <laughs> um, but great, also, man. like in all seriousness, like that you know, working with him makes you feel better about like, cause I think it really helps like you going into directing something, knowing that like, it's not going to be completely your movie, like, because things aren't going to go perfectly anyway. So it's like, you know, if I was directing alone or Eric's directing alone, there's going to be shit that goes wrong and like, doesn't come out exactly how you picture it. And the fact that like, there's a hundred percent going to be stuff in the movie that Eric liked more than me and vice versa Mm -hmm. that, like it's helped me like have a better relationship with the movie where it's like, yeah. I don't care that this thing didn't go a hundred percent. Right. And like the thing I kept saying to Eric during, cause I use a lot of sports analogies and Eric hates sports. Um, but it's like the way I'm approaching it is like, we're just trying to win the game. Like we're just trying to like, yeah. if it's an offensive game and it turns into a defensive game, all right, we got to run with it. And like, I don't understand your sports metaphor. He doesn't know yeah, what, yeah. Yeah, he what doesn't is know your what metaphor? Saying, <laughs> What's I, your equal? You just have to understand. You just have to understand that this process is out of your control, and to try to like assume ownership or domination of the process is just inevitably going to fail. So you might as well have somebody else who cares just as much. And you know, you don't want to be entirely reliant on yourself to come up with all the good ideas because it's like you don't have all the good ideas. And and one of the the most precious things um, is the ability to get good feedback and in do so in the quick in a quick manner right and just there's nothing better in terms of you know working and collaboration than to have something that you finish off late one night and it's like you send it off you go to sleep and it's like by the next morning you have like notes it's like wow and then like a couple hours later not only notes like revisions that may that make it better say oh i don't like this i don't like that it just gives you so much momentum to kind of keep going uh and uh keep keep working on the material well guys i'm uh i'm thrilled for both of you 
I mean, just never mind the movie, but just the partnership that you have and what is in your future. I think, well, thank um, you. I think thank it's you. really cool. I, I like your style. I, I like. Hope we what? get to do it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it sounds like you're you you got one in the in the kitty. Like, how is it a drama next? Is it a comedy? What do you? Definitely not. <laughs> not a drama. <laughs> no. <laughs> you stick It'll with be years before we make our serious turn. <laughs> Good. Good. Well, I, I look uh, forward to anything that you guys make, and if there's any way I can support, you know, I'm I'm a hundred percent in. Um, oh, thank you so much. Is thank there you. anything, anyone you want to shout out or? Anything that you need to say other than uh, in your browser on the 15th of December, uh, Apple, Amazon, and what was the other? I've already forgotten. Google, Google Play. Play. Google Play. What is yeah, Google? I think that's, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I've never met anybody who's watched a movie on Google Play. but I didn't know about Google Play as a thing. I don't, I thought it was like a music platform, but I guess you can watch stuff on there. Yeah. It's, I don't know, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it'll be available for pre-sale on Apple on okay. December 1st. Um, and yeah. And then other than that, we just have our Kickstarter running through even past the movie's release, just trying to help us get some extra funds for, cool. uh, Instagram ads, uh, YouTube ads, yeah. screenings. Um, yeah, we PR person or like nope. a, nobody <laughs> even a like PR a person person on Fiverr. You didn't like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> nice just us begging for favors yeah. from people that we came across in you know came across in our past experience and weren't an asshole too and turns yeah. out when you're not an asshole people people will help you <laughs> yeah yeah well uh neither one of you seems like much of an asshole to me so um <laughs> i feel like i've, I've yeah. covered i've never i've never written notes for um an interview before but uh i, th I just was well, so enamored <laughs> by what you what you guys were pulling off of this movie and uh thank you so much just, i mean i'm sure your your um performers and actors will hear this elsewhere but tell them i thought it was fucking hilarious and they all did an awesome. amazing job and uh like the one character who just ran away and you never saw him again like the film yeah that film. was a, that was a scheduling thing we just amazing he, could, he gave us one day and uh we're like all right well he's funny and we want to write you out but, here you go buddy this yeah no perfect. a lot of that was uh I apologize if you're trying to wrap up, but no, no. <laughs> like, but yeah, just uh, like we only had Eric Griffin for one night of the finale, like the climax. So we had to come up with a reason to get rid of him halfway through the yeah. halfway through the scene. Um, and yeah, just that that character um, who the guy from Jury Duty, who, who yeah. uh, was my my cousin, it was three days before start of production that role didn't exist and oh my god i was like i should put my cousin in it so i was like what do you want to play and then oh, and that, then the, the blooper between those two watching tv oh my god that yeah fucking, oh my god <laughs> their friend like ben got us eric griffin oh, so no we were trying to get eric griffin anyway but i texted i called ben and was like yeah we're we're trying to get eric he's like eric griffin's my best friend i'm like what? oh that's awesome <laughs> Yeah, and he, he texted Eric, and he, and Eric was like, "What is this a student film?" Okay, <laughs> that's great. Oh so, yeah, just a lot of stuff like that just randomly came together. I've I've seen some really beautiful things happen with with student films and with like um, first time projects. I am trying to wrap this up just for your sake, because I know both of you are busy guys. <laughs> but I will tell you one more story. Uh, I I was in a documentary film many many years ago about renewable fuels. And these two guys came down from uh, from New York, and uh, they you know ran across me because of what I was doing, 
And I, I had a friend who was good pals with Morgan Freeman and his attorney who were at the time trying to start a renewable fuel company. And so I just asked my friends like, hey, is there any way that you could get us in front of Morgan Freeman? This is like two like seniors. This is their senior project, you know, for for school. And we've got Morgan Freeman sitting in front of us. It's like these two guys and, and me. I'm not involved in the film whatsoever other than I'm the guy who knows the guy who knows Morgan Freeman. <laughs> and in the film, the name of the film is Greasy Rider. Like you see Morgan Freeman answering these questions and they would ask the question and he, the, I'm off camera and he's looking at me because I'm the oldest guy, and, you know, of the, these two really young guys <laughs> and Morgan Freeman talking about all this stuff. They ended up with, because of that, they got like Noam Chomsky and weirdly oh Yoko Ono and Tommy Chong oh, to sign wow. on to this Grease car movie. That's crazy. Yeah. You well, just, if you, you know. if you could get us Morgan Freeman, we'll, we'll definitely write something. See what I can do. <laughs> see what I can do. You know, we're, the, the, the only thing I really came away from that with is like, uh, I was showing Morgan Freeman my car after, and it was like running on vegetable oil. He's like checking it out and he like got grease on his hand and they're like, okay, let's get a photo. And there's like, and he's got, uh, or and no, I had, I'm sorry. I had grease on my hand. I was like, okay. And he's like, well, get in here, man, get in here. So I'm like, not putting my arm around him. He's like, hey, get your arm around me. I was like, oh, my shirt, my hand's dirty. He's like, I got another shirt. Like, okay. So like in the photo, I got my hand, like my dirty, greasy hand on Morgan Freeman. That's great. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you guys. Sorry. Now I'm random, no, but uh, no. um, thank you. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully, this this little extra time will end us end us end up with us having Morgan Freeman in our yeah, next movie. narrating your next <laughs> comedy. Yeah. <laughs> well, cheers, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Thank you. Take care. by whoops fake radio show this is glenn both andrew and i are grateful for your time and attention if you enjoyed that story we'd appreciate if you could tell your friends family or even a few strangers about the show additionally you can leave a review on apple podcasts stitcher or spotify if you have a short story you'd like us to tell or even some music you'd like to share you can reach out via the website raisedbywhoops.com we're glad to have you with us. Till next time, thanks. Take care. Just a dream. Got you catching up.